Well, it's been fantastic to celebrate baptism, and um, uh, I'm aware that we normally aim to start our service at quarter past ten and finish um, quarter past half past eleven, so we're, we're, we're over time. But I do just want to share a reflection on, on Easter Sunday, because it's very easy to, to focus so much on, the, on the, uh, the importance of baptism, and it's right to do that, but it's also important that we don't miss the significance of this day, because we live in a world where so, so often the significance of Easter is missed. It is quite simply a... Um, uh, a very long weekend. And there's nothing more to it than that for so many people. But for Christians, for the church, this is one of the biggest events, if not the biggest event. This is the, the, the pivot on which our entire faith rests. And so today, we are just going to spend a little bit of time talking about Easter Sunday. But you see, the two are very closely linked. Easter Sunday and baptism, there is a very, very clear link you see, Jesus wasn't, we don't say he was baptized in the grave, but certainly when Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday, that was all part of God's plan. And for those of you who are here in our service on Good Friday, you would have, would have heard a little bit about how that was, although it was sad and it was a, a tragic event and an awful thing to happen, it was necessary. It was needed because Jesus, having lived a life without sin, died on the cross to take the penalty of our sin. And so by doing that, our impurities are taken by Jesus and dealt with by Jesus in a way which we couldn't possibly do. And therefore, we can be made pure. The only way we can enter heaven, which is itself the purest of pure places, is if we have no impurities in us. So Jesus dying on the cross took away all of our impurity. And if we choose to follow Jesus, if we repent of our sin, if we go through the waters of baptism and we live a life that honors him, then when the time comes, we, through Jesus, through what he did on the cross, will be made pure enough to enter heaven, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So on this Easter Sunday, baptism is absolutely appropriate as we as we draw ourselves closer to Jesus. But of course, Easter Sunday is significant because we remember, don't we? We remember that morning, that incredible morning, that confusing morning, that morning when, when a couple of ladies went to dress a body. They, they, went to, they went to pay their respects. They went to visit a tomb. And they got there expecting... Uh, the tomb to be sealed up, to be guarded. Instead, they got there to be greeted by the most confusing of sights. There were no guards there, but instead there was a, t a stone that had been rolled away, a seal that had been broken, and when they went and looked in the tomb, there was no body, there was, there was nothing in there, it was empty. And then they heard someone saying, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Now, I know that for some people, that's a really, really unbelievable, fanciful story. It's a really strange thing to talk about. But that's what the Bible talks about. And the great thing, the reason that so many people follow Jesus is because it's not just the Bible that talks about, about Jesus. Jesus is spoken about in, in loads of historical texts. In fact, there's more, there's more evidence for Jesus than there is for Julius Caesar, believe it or not. Most of what we know about Julius Caesar comes from a book that was written about him a thousand years after he died. What we know about Jesus was written by people who knew Jesus. 
and by people who researched and went to great lengths to, to hear eyewitness accounts and testimonies to learn about Jesus. Jesus wasn't held by the grave. Instead, instead, Jesus rose from the grave because he was the Son of God. We know that he was the Son of God because not only did he claim to be the Son of God, but he also backed it up in his actions. Now, I spoke earlier about Jesus' baptism and how he heard this audible voice after, after he was baptized, the skies opened and the voice of God said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. That was a really special moment, not just because it must have been pretty amazing, maybe pretty terrifying as well, seeing the, the skies open and hearing the voice, but God himself, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. God the Father telling the world who Jesus was. It's such an important moment. Now, Easter Sunday is an important moment. Because on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the grave. He showed himself. Not just, it wasn't just God the Father telling the world. It wasn't just Jesus telling the world. It wasn't just other people recognizing and sharing and giving their views. But suddenly there was, there was evidence, undeniable evidence, that this was the Son of God. Because not even the grave could hold Jesus. I'm just going to read a passage from Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 24, verse 36 to 49. I'm just going to read this, and I'm going to pause at certain points, because we see Jesus giving us challenges along the way. And I just wonder if some of these challenges are going to, be, um, going to ring any bells for anybody here today. So this is... Jesus' disciples, they've, they've heard that Jesus has risen. They've heard that he's been sighted, but they're talking amongst themselves and trying to work out what they can make of it all, how they can find him, where is he, what's going on. And suddenly we read in Luke's Gospel, while they were still talking about all this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. So straight away, Jesus doesn't come saying, right, I'm back from the dead. No one can kill me. Let's go and, and, and let's, let's raise an army and win victories because death cannot hold me. Instead, Jesus came in peace. He's often called the Prince of Peace. On his baptism, the Spirit of God descended like a dove. A dove is a symbol of peace, and Jesus is a person of peace. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. They've seen him dead on the cross just a few days before, and now suddenly they're seeing him standing before them. They're, of course they're frightened. He says to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. He invites them to explore him. He doesn't say, look, I'm just, you can see me. That's, just take my word for it, I'm back. He says, look, come and, and touch, the, touch the wounds. This, you saw them driving the nails into my hands and my feet. You saw the sword going to my side. Come and explore. In the same way today, we are invited and we should challenge our faith. You see, I believe that the, the Bible stands up to scrutiny. That's been proven time and time again throughout the centuries. Jesus invites us to challenge him, to put our hands into the wounds. It sounds a bit grotesque, but... It's, it's, saying, it's saying, check out the evidence. This isn't just a bit of makeup and a clever trick. I am who I claim to be. 
He invites us to challenge him. He says, it is I myself. Touch me and see. Does a ghost have flesh and bones? No. You see, I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, have you got anything here to eat? You see, when Jesus came back, he wasn't a ghost. Not only do ghosts not have flesh and bone, but I have read no account of ghosts sitting down to eat. But Jesus said, you got anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus explains who he is. If we look back at the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, and then we look at the life of Jesus, we begin to understand because Jesus explains. He explains who he is. He reveals himself to us as he speaks to us. He took the fish and ate with them. So he shared with them. Jesus, when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, whether it's in a baptismal pool, whether it's praying a, a prayer of repentance for the very first time, Jesus doesn't say, right, you've got to stop everything and change everything. You've got to, you've got to live a completely different life. Instead, Jesus says, I want you to, to, I'm going to walk with you in your life. Let me in. Let me come with you. Let me introduce me to your friends. Introduce me to your family. Let them see in you the change that I've made. And let them explore me for themselves. Jesus shares with us in our woes, in our joys, in our celebrations and our devastations. Jesus shares. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. That's Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. When we... When we um, gather together as a church, we, we celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit is, is amongst us. It's this living and active presence of God. When we pray and we see answers to prayer, the answers to prayer often come about through the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus the man has ascended back into heaven. And we read about that in scripture too later on. But there was a day called the day of Pentecost, just after Jesus had risen, when the Holy Spirit was given to the world for all men, all women, all children to experience and to share and to know. And that's what we celebrate as we come together today, that, that Jesus rose from the grave. And by doing so, he enabled God's narrative, God's plan to bring his people back to him to come to completion. So Jesus, he appears to us, he invites us to know him. He explains who he is. The more that we research and examine him, the more that he speaks to us and reveals who he is. And the more that he shares in our experiences and our lives. And finally, he promises, this is a promise that he's already kept, he promises that a greater power and authority will be given to us through the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said to his disciples, and that is just as relevant for us today. 
And in Scripture, we read um, after Jesus had ascended back into heaven, there were many occasions in, in the book of Acts, um, which was, it, it's, it's all about how people acted when they first heard the gospel, how, how the gospel was enacted around Jerusalem and spread out to the rest of the world. We read there about a guy called Philip who one day, um, one day heard a, an Ethiopian guy reading scriptures and trying to make sense of them. And Philip says, let me explain. And so Philip explains how the, the Old Testament, the, the first part of the Bible that we have, how that may, is made sense of by the life of Jesus. And this guy said, well, I've got to respond to this. I've got to do something about it. And Philip said, well, look, here's a lake. Get baptized. And Philip baptizes this Ethiopian. Just before that happens, there's 3,000 people listening to a sermon being preached about the Holy Spirit. And we're told that 3,000 people responded by saying, oh, what can I do? What can I do? Now, the answer is, in a way, nothing. Because, because of Easter Sunday, because Jesus rose from the grave, there is, we cannot rise from the grave. We can't do that. That's why Jesus had to do it for us. But of course, the response that we can do is to make a demonstration through baptism of our desire to live a life that honors Jesus. And so that's what 3,000 people did on the day of Pentecost. Now, I remember hearing the gospel message for the first time. I did an alpha course, and it took me a little while. I'm a bit, of a, a bit slow on the uptake sometimes. And it took me a while to understand who Jesus is. But once I did, I knew I had to get baptized, but I didn't want to tell friends and family because I felt a bit, I felt very self-conscious, very embarrassed because previously I'd said it was just a load of nonsense. But I found a little while ago the video of my baptism and I watched it and it was, it was painful and it, it was awful to be honest because I had this haircut at the time. I thought I was a bit trendy, a bit cool. I thought I looked a little bit like Noel Gallagher. I realize now I looked more like Anne Widdicombe. Awful, that will never see the light of day. But, with all the curtains shut and the doors locked, I enjoyed watching it because I know that was a special moment. Because at that moment, I had, had done something. So often, we are told that we can react to a situation, we can do something. It might be, invest your money here and it will grow. Buy this house and it will fulfill you. Drive this car and it will attract people. Buy these golf clubs and it will improve your game. Didn't work for me. But you see, so often, if you do this, then this will be the result. Jesus says, I've done it. He says, I've done it. And so live in peace. Live in harmony. Just love each other. Just live in a way that I've taught you to live. We don't have to be crucified on a cross because Jesus has done it for us. Instead... Instead, he says, if you really want to do something, follow me. Follow me. And it's been such a blessing today to be in that pool, cold though it was, baptizing people and seeing them responding to the call of Jesus. My prayer is that on this Easter Sunday, as we celebrate new life, as we celebrate the resurrection, as we celebrate Jesus, the Son of God, dying for us and rising again, as we celebrate all that, my prayer is that someone here in this place or someone watching online 
will have heard the good news of the gospel message, the good news of Jesus, and that they will respond themselves by exploring Jesus. Because the great thing about, about Jesus is that time and time again, people have tried to rubbish the claims of Jesus. Time and time again throughout history, there's been investigations and examinations and questions asked. And every question that is asked, it just seems there's a pattern. Every time that someone says, well, it can't be true because of this. People investigate and dig a bit deeper. And rather than discrediting the Christian faith, it just reveals to us a little bit more about the wonders of God. The wonders of God. So if you're looking for direction in life, then I pray, I hope that what you hear today will help you to to at least think about exploring Jesus for yourself. Talking to to Christian friends or family or come and speak to myself or to Paolo or one of the other leaders in the church and, and ask us what it's all about. We'd love to share the gospel with you, to introduce you to Jesus. Or maybe you've got a a cynical mind. Many of us have, and it's quite right. Look for the evidence. Don't just take my word for it. I cannot do, I cannot convince people to get into a, a, a pool of cold water and be dunked underwater. I can't compel people to do that. They'd say, Tom, no, you're mad. But Jesus can. Jesus compels us. And if we look for the evidence for Jesus... As I said earlier, there's so much evidence, archaeological, historical, um, literary evidence. There is so much evidence for Jesus being who he claims to be. But ultimately, it's got to be our own decision. We have to seek the direction. There are so many different signposts in life pointing us different ways down different paths. And and sometimes it's so easy to follow the one that looks most attractive, that promises the the short-term gain. But actually, the long-term gain is Christ. But we have to decide individually, each one of us. Jesus gives us that option. I can tell you from personal experience, it's the most wonderful decision that I made in my life to accept that there are certain things that I can't achieve. There are certain things that I cannot do. That fulfillment, true fulfillment doesn't come through, through the things I can buy, the things I can eat, the people I can hang out with. True fulfillment comes from having that spiritual peace that is the result of a relationship with Jesus. And the more we look at the evidence, the more we will find that Jesus was and is who he claimed to be. In the Bible, we're told that he appeared to more than 500 people. 1 Corinthians 15. He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some had fallen asleep. This is, this is Paul, St. Paul, Paul the Evangelist, the Apostle, writing to the church in Corinth, which is still there. It's in Greece. And he wrote to this church, and he reminded them that as he was writing, more than 500 people had seen Jesus, the, the resurrected Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear people trying to rubbish the Holocaust, I think, what an awful thing. 
people denying that it ever existed. Six million Jews murdered. And it doesn't, it doesn't, take, it doesn't have any credence because it's such a vast number of people that you look at that and you say, this is just it's a non-starter. It's just an offensive idea. It's just somebody saying, saying something which has no basis because we know, we know there are people who, who lost loved ones who are still living. There's so much evidence that that awful event happened that when people suggest it didn't, their arguments don't carry any serious weight. Well, the biblical example of that, biblical equivalent of that, Paul did his research. He went and spoke to person after person after person, and he met with over 500 people who had seen the resurrected Jesus. He met with over 500 people. And no one, when this letter was published, when it was written, when it was shared, no one sort of said, where are they? Because people knew people who had seen the resurrected Jesus. This is just one tiny piece of evidence for Jesus. Jesus sets us the challenge. And it's a challenge that, unbelievably, so many people just ignore. So many people just let it just pass them by. Yeah, he was a, he was a good man. Yeah, some of his teachings were pretty good. Um, I don't have a problem with it, but he's not for me. I just want to finish with a quote from C.S. Lewis, which is probably, probably puts this challenge far more eloquently than I ever could. C.S. Lewis, speaking about Jesus, says, You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus has to be taken seriously in a world that is crying out for, for spiritual direction, for answers, for fulfillment. Jesus offers it all. He offers it all. So the challenge this Easter, the challenge that we've heard from as people have gone through the pools of baptism, as people have, have stood and given testimony, I hope that that does set out the challenge. Investigate this for yourself. Investigate who Jesus is to you. Look at the evidence, because I have every confidence that if you start on that journey, not only, not only will you find a fulfilling personal faith and a saviour who will, who will facilitate your entry into the gates of heaven one day, but one day you'll find yourself going through the waters of baptism. And I promise that next time I'll come down and check the temperature on Saturday. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this Easter Sunday. Thank you so much for um, listening to the testimony, for the worship. I want to thank, thank the band. I want to thank the sound guys and the tech team. Thank you to those serving refreshments afterwards who have made this morning so special. I want to thank everyone who has been baptized this morning for, for, for being so courageous and, um, and going through um, baptism. But most of all, I want to thank God for sending his son into this world 
to love us, to teach us, to die for us, and then to rise again so that through him we may know our Heavenly Father. We're going to pray, and then we're going to close with um, a final song, and then please do join us for tea and coffee after the service. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege of being able to come here this morning and to worship you in all your glory. Lord, this is a day of good news. This is a day of new life. This is a day when the resurrected Jesus left that tomb and went and appeared to his disciples and went and appeared to more than 500 people and showed that he, he, was, he was beyond the power of the grave, that death could not hold him. And the reason for that is because he was your son. And Lord, we give thanks for that truth. We give thanks for this Easter Sunday. We give thanks that Jesus is here now through his Holy Spirit, blessing us, loving us. And Lord, I pray that if any of us here today don't yet know Jesus, then we will be challenged and we will be encouraged to investigate this wonderful, wonderful claim for ourselves. So Father, bless us now as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege of having been here this morning to worship you, to witness these baptisms, and to remind ourselves of the glory of the resurrection. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he did. And now we pray for your blessing upon us as we go out for the rest of this day, for the rest of this week, month, year, lifetime, Lord. We pray that we will know that we are in the presence of the risen Christ, the Holy Spirit of Jesus sent for us from you so that one day through your son we can come back to you. Lord bless us we pray in every situation we find ourselves in this week be with us in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Please do join us for refreshments. The band are going to play a song as we go out. Um, It's called Living Hope and it's all about Jesus but please do join us for tea and coffee afterwards and have a wonderful Easter weekend.